give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we are not going to do a two and a half hour show tonight. Promise? Too sure about that? <laughs> we better not. Yeah, we better not. <laughs> the, the Thursday sucked last week because I was so tired. Um, but uh, but well, I mean, we'll have we'll have a we we do have a good amount of stuff to talk. But yeah, we we tried to. We tried to uh, put everything. Actually, we, we recorded a day late. That's why we had the extra stuff. So we won't we won't have the extra stuff this week because we're recording on our normal Wednesday night uh, time frame. So you know we did the whole tournament, the New Japan Cup tournament thing. We did the brackets on our Facebook group, the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group, and then it came down to the final four of Okada and Ishii. And Tanahashi and Sonata. And I was the only one to pick Okada and Sonata as the uh, final two. But I would say a big reason why I did that is because everyone had Ibushi and Okada. And I thought, well, it probably is going to be that. But I don't know if you want Ibushi losing uh, in the in tournament, back-to-back tournaments. And that was kind of my reasoning, though I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't solid on that reasoning. And lo and behold, it's Sonata and Okada in, in the finals. What did you think of the semifinals and the finals of the New Japan Cup? I thought uh, Ishii and Okada was fantastic. I thought that match was just, just awesome. It, um, it's like one of my favorite matches in 2019 so far. It's, it's definitely in the top five so far this early year. But like, I just thought that like, a lot of... like. It kind of had me guessing. I mean, even though I like going in this whole tournament, I, I you know picked Okada to win from the start. But like, there's some nice little twists and turns and stuff to keep you in doubt. I, you know, I I, I really like that match. I thought that was that that should have been the finals, honestly. Um, the way it really went. But I also enjoyed um, Tanahashi and Sonata. I thought it was put maybe because it came after Ishii. And Okada in that match is so great. I was like slightly disappointed in the Sonata and Tanahashi, but then again, it kind of like left it open for you know down the line they could do you know more stuff. But uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the finish of it. I liked the cradle finish. That was pretty slick. And uh, yeah, so the semifinals are I thought just really good, and the, this tournament has been pretty damn good. New Japan Cup. So when it came down to Okada and Sonata, I think. Everybody knew who was going to win that match. And that was part of the problem with having those two in the final. But, you know, after the first round, you and I both said, like, man, Sonata, they, they got to, like, really, they got to go far with this guy. Like, he's ready. And, you know, I think this was part of that, was putting him in this big of a match. And I thought the uh, the final match was really good. I mean, it was... You know, I, I'm watching it live, so it's like, what was it like? 
two thirty or whatever in the morning. So <laughs> it, they could have shaved off five minutes, and I wouldn't have been mad. But uh, I, th- I mean, I just thought that match was really good too. And just you know, the last two days to have three quality matches like that was uh, was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was it was you know good booking by Gato. It was basically you know the position for Sonata is to go far in the finals and give Okada a really tough match and you know it's just like a nice little for for Sonata a nice little sample of him because he'll be a future you know main event guy because they're going to be elevating him this it looks like that's going to be one of Gato's goals in 2019 so I, like I said I, I hope Sonata gets a singles run with the the IC title I think that's his next step it might be the never title but you know, I don't really care for the never title that much. It doesn't really matter to me. But like, you know, the IC title is a very important belt, and I'd like to see him win that this year, or maybe win it at the Dome or something like that, and uh, have a run with that, and then move on into the to the heavyweight because he's a guy I could see winning the championship. I know IWG you know, New Japan doesn't really change the titles too much, which that's what makes it so great. Um, it's, it makes the title so important, but I could definitely like would like to see Sonata with the belt. I would like to see Ishii with the title. I, I, I would love to see Ishii with just like a big win. I know like that's part of the greatness of the, the IWG title. Like they don't change it often; only the elite win it. But to me, come on, Kofi Kingston deserves the IWGP title. Oh God! Um, <laughs> but to me, I think Ishii is that elite, and I think he deserves a quick run, even if it's just a transitional run between an Okada and an Ubushi or something like that to kind of keep them away from each other until they finally meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would like to see that happen. I think that would be uh, one of those moments would be would be a really big deal if, if Ishii won the title. So now we have the full lineup for the Madison Square Garden card that you and I and Dave Dutra and uh, and uh, Heartbreak Kid David Rubio will be attending, amongst others who we know who will also be there. But uh, now the main event, Jay White, Kazuchika Okada, uh, for the ROH Championship, the ROH World Title. Lethal defending against, against Marty Skrull and Matt Taven in a triple threat ladder match. I mean... <sighs> They're they're probably gonna like do everything humanly possible uh, in that match to to make it stand out. Now, I watched the Taven and uh, and Lethal sixty minute match that they did, and it was good, but it wasn't awesome or fantastic. And my my worry, I, I think I think I think they'll be able to cater to the fans enough with this match. But my worry is just that the New Japan stuff just outshines the ROH stuff and people are just kind of thinking like, oh, hurry up, get this ROH match over with. I want to see the New Japan match. Well, I think the reason why they're going with the ladder match is basically because they know they can't compete with a big-time Okada main event. I think that's definitely not, I mean, it might not still show because now you got Naito and Ibushi on it, but you know, it, I think ROH they felt that they need to do some kind of uh, a little more of a stunt match, a little more of a high-risk kind of match to kind of stand out. and Like, they could have their title match, and it'd be really good, but maybe they, maybe it won't be as good as Akata in white. I don't know, that's why I'm thinking maybe they decided to go with the ladder match because, 
you know, they're hoping maybe stand out with the, the Daredevil stuff. But I was looking forward to seeing uh, Jay Lethal and Marty Scroll just one on one. And because I, I think Jay, Jay Lethal is one of the best wrestlers out there today. You know, he's a really good, like, he carries himself as a champion. I feel he is a champion. He's just, he's just a solid, really good, good wrestler. And Marty Scroll, I really like a lot. Sometimes I think he could get a little too sticky. You know, like it's too much of a goofiness, and but I just wanted to see like a just a uh, I wanted to see a serious Marty Scroll, like Okada Marty Scroll from All In, mm-hmm. you know, going for the championship. Jay Leto, I, I I really think they would if if they would trust their trust their talent. I think you know they could they they would have had a really good world title match, and I think it you know may could have rivaled the main event, but. You know, I, I would have went with a re- traditional title match. You know, two big title matches on the show, but you know they went with the ladder match. And I mean, I'm not really looking forward to that match. I'm not a big ladder match guy, but I'm sure we'll do some crazy stuff. And but I just hope no one gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. These guys are gonna yeah. go nuts. Yeah, but I agree with you. I ho- I do hope nobody gets hurt because they're they're gonna put it all on the line. Um, so you already mentioned it, Naito against Kotobushi for the IC title for the Rev Pro. British Heavyweight Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. against Tanahashi. Tanahashi beat him in the New Japan Cup. And title for title, the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Tawatonga and Tangaloa against the ROH Tag Team Champions, PCO and Brody King versus the Briscoes versus Evil and Sonata. I had no idea that that match had four teams in it. Yeah, yeah, I saw what I saw from the light up. I was like, I just kind of glanced over and I was like, oh shit, there's a lot of people in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be, should be, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a wild, you know, a lot of big moves, a lot of cool moves, a lot of action. Um, I'm really excited for Naito and Ibushi, not because I know it's going to be a great match, but I'm excited because our, our really good friend, the Heartbreak Kid, David Rubio, is extremely excited for it. And like, <laughs> that's like a match like, you know, he would, like love to go see in Japan, like yep. get on a plane and go to Tokyo Dome to see, and he's getting it here in, in the United States. And I, I know he's really excited about that. So I'm happy for him, and I'm, it's going to be a f- fun to watch his reactions to that match because I know he's pumped up. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Ishimori against Dragon Lee and Bandito in a triple threat. <laughs> if, you, if you like moves. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, they're going to have to keep that thing uh, – I wonder how I wonder how early in the card that's going to be because that thing may have a chance to like really steal the show, um, and then Bully Ray in a New York City street fight open challenge. There are many rumors about who he's going to uh, end up facing. Which is your favorite of all the rumors? I don't know. Well, the rumors I haven't really been. I, well, the rumor it's not a rumor because that's that's my potty break uh, match right there. That's this is where I'm going to go. Even even if he faces uh, Suzuki, um, gosh, It'd be cool. I think I'll stay for Suzuki's entrance. What about Ishii? Because he's not on the card either. If Ishii would be really cool to see, um, I've seen him before. Though I seen him in two great matches and Long Beach against Zack Saber Jr. and uh, Omega. So, yeah, remember when he broke the uh, was he broke the submission by. Uh, biting the bottom rope or something? Yeah. Or no, yeah, it's top yeah. rope. It's top rope. So I've seen Ishii on, the, on top of his game. So 
Yeah. No, it, he he blocked uh, he blocked a a suplex is what it was, I think. Yeah, the uh, the tiger suplex, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So I I mean it'd be cool. I mean I, I hope it's Ishii because that'd be that'd be fun. But uh, it'll probably be like Tommy Dreamer for God's sakes or something like that. You know? <laughs> but just just to get the ECW chant in 2019. Yeah. Exactly, because we need more of that. And then the other rumor was Philip Gordon, but he seems to be injured uh, again. He had just come off of a knee injury, and sounds like it, he hurt it again. So it's got to be super frustrating because this would have been a nice, a nice uh, place for him to to come back to. Uh, but that's a t- that's a tough. I mean, tough tough break for Flip because you know this was the year that ROH is gonna was really gonna you know push him and 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 you know, high on the card and stuff. So he was supposed to have a breakout year this year. And unfortunately, he's just a couple, a couple setbacks. But, you know, I hope he gets healthy and gets in back in there soon. And then uh, Iwatani against Kelly Klein for the Women of Honor Championship. Roosh versus Dalton Castle in a very weird matchup to me. Um, and then opening the main, the main show is... Will Ospreay and Jeff Cobb. They're opening it? I think they're opening it. Oh, wow. Well, that's going to be... Uh, whew, it's going to be tough to... Tough to fall. That one's probably why they're putting the girls in there. But not not, 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 not nothing against girls, but, you know... Um, it's probably why that's placed after that. But, uh, yeah, that, that Jeff and Will, they're going to they're gonna tear the house down. And I uh, and, uh, hope uh, Jeff walks out double champion. That would be very nice. And then uh, the pre-show is uh, an honor rumble, 30-man honor rumble. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger is in it. And I think they're, I think yes. they're, I think they'd be maybe doing like a dark match uh, with stardom that that is not going to be televised. Yeah, I saw that uh, maybe Hana Kimura is going to be on it, which uh, looking forward to seeing her. So, um she was from Wrestle One, and of course Stardom, of course. So now I think she just left the Wrestle One, and or the Stardom bought the contract from Wrestle One. It's kind of a weird thing, but yeah, I mean, that, 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 I'm looking forward to. It. I'm like, I, I want to get there early. I want to get my seat early. I want to see the whole show from top to bottom. So, all right. So the big story uh, in mixed martial arts is a story that um, not just. I mean, it, it was a rumor that turned out to be uh, something that the New York Times then reported. Um, you know, going all the way back to like, um, gosh, it was like December, January, there were these rumors that uh, Conor McGregor was in trouble. Um, and, you know, that there were, the, the in, in Ireland, um, when it comes to charges like this, they do not release the name of the person charged until after the trial is over. So it basically just said, you know, famous Irish sports star or something like that. And, um, you know, there was always so wonder, like, is this thing going to break? Is it going to come out? Like, how did, you know, is Connor going to want to fight before this comes out? Like, how's the timing of this? And um, yesterday, the New York Times, uh, the New York Times actually wrote, uh, posted a piece and basically, he is under investigation in Ireland after a, whim, a woman accused him of sexual assault in December. And also, like, I don't know, 12 hours before this report came out, 
uh, he was posting on Twitter about retiring from mixed from the sport formerly known as mixed martial art. <laughs> thought that was, thought that was awesome. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, you know Connor is in the news. Um, the rumor is pretty gnarly. Like I, I don't need to repeat it here. You can you can Google it and find it if you want. But um, the rumor is pretty gnarly. Uh, if that is actually what happened, it's really terrible. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see with uh, everything that comes out if it does, and uh, and you know they'll have to figure all that stuff out. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't buy the retirement thing. I think it's a negotiating ploy, and he's the best at that. <laughs> so uh, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, the, the, he's got a couple things going on here that uh, proper twelve won't be able to save him from. I thought it was pretty funny when Michael Bisping tweeted it out that he's coming out of retirement. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious okay in the world of wackiness what was your thought when you heard that Cain Velasquez was going to be at Triple Mania just that wrestling is funny sometimes that I'm like why did they bring him to Triple Mania does he not even he doesn't really speak Spanish that well <laughs> like what's he put I think he's learned Spanish a little better I think Spanish is not that bad but wasn't that like his his uh his like knock like when it came to like the mexican fans like he had a hard time like you know what i mean like he was oh yeah he'll they'll never full the 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 fans in mexico will never fully get behind him for that reason i yeah. mean they would never fully get behind oscar de la hoya and oscar de la hoya did speak spanish and he was you know but he was from the u.s so they mm-hmm. didn't they were like nope it's julio cesar chavez is our guy like Who's he gonna work? Is he gonna work the murder clown or no? It's uh, whatever the the main event and the four no, not the main event. I guess the main event is um, Wagner. Yeah, right, right, right. So there's uh, there's a four way that he's involved in. I think we need Chris, our friend Chris. On oh, I know, I know. You know the 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 bad thing about this is is uh, when I did Wrestling Observer Radio last night, Dave read everything and it was just I was so tired that I (laughs) I I just forgot. But yeah, it, it mean I think for a curiosity thing, I definitely I'm definitely gonna check it out. Um, I mean, sh- let's hope it doesn't get hurt during training <laughs> leading up to this match because you know, um, yeah, yeah, this is we this is one of those wacky things of pro wrestling for sure. So there's only really um, oh the actually it was a uh, I think it was Psycho Clown. Um, Psycho Clown was definitely one of the people rumored in the match. Um, <laughs> Maybe yeah. WWE's going to upstage him, sign Kane Velasquez out from under them, and a secret deal during the title match at WrestleMania. <laughs> Kane Velasquez music plays, distracts Brock Lesnar. That would be because that they, would be awesome because they love they love distractions, they love distraction and. And uh, and Kane will say something like, "Go we'll have your Corona. I'm gonna have my Corona and burritos." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, if, if he if he actually said burrito to make it Mexican, that would be total WWE. Yo, oh, for sure. The, yeah, definitely. Carne uh, asada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know. Kane and I, we gotta stick together. Us uh, non-Spanish speaking Mexicans. You know what, you know what though? Every time I think about Kane, we're downtown Morgan Hill at night, and we're just driving. We're going to meet some friends' at the restaurant, and like we park right in front of Mr. Falafel. And I'm walking out, walking by, and I just look inside Mr. Falafel, just checking it out. 
I'm like, ah, oh, there's Cain Velasquez. Too, too deep in the line right for him to <laughs> roll off. <laughs> I just thought that was the most random thing. That's the thing about living out here, though, is it's it's not like it's not rare to run into an MMA fighter and one that is fairly well known because out in San Jose, there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely AKA right here. Yeah. All right. So one other news note before we dive headfirst into WrestleMania uh, is Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia. We'd been kind of talking about that fight uh, and the pay-per-view number came out. It is was three hundred sixty thousand buys, which I thought was a, a pretty good number based on what I felt the interest in that fight was. And what it might be is that Fox has boxing, and they used their Saturday, you know, Saturday night and Sunday night uh, slots to promote the fight. And so I think that could be, you know, that could be the difference because otherwise it doesn't make sense that this fight does more pay-per-view buys than uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury outside of the fact that one was promoted on Showtime and this one was promoted on Fox. Wilder and Fury was obviously the bigger fight, but, you know, they these guys used their promotion very well uh, to get to get to that number. So I was pretty impressed with that. You know, it was only, it was only like 40,000 less than the Pacquiao-Broner fight, which we both thought was pretty well uh, marketed, so... Good for them. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Really good for them. And you're, you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely the Fox promotion, and because you know I was watching those Fox events and all, and actually, and you know the other boxing events that because they would show that commercial that had a really good like simple but effective commercial for Spencer Garcia and like really focusing on both being undefeated and like now I'm not an expert boxing guy like you or. Danny Acosta and Matt Prentice and guys like that in our in our in our fight game uh, blog Facebook group, but like like you guys know you know Garcia's coming up a couple weight classes, mm-hmm. but you know to me who's right now just a casual viewer, I'm trying to get a little more hardcore into it. Um, I'm just seeing like two champions, two hundred feet of fighters, and as a casual fan, like to me that's exciting. Like you want to see oh who's who's gonna who's O's gonna go right? So, yeah, like, that's that's what I was really interested in, in seeing and. And I think a lot of people, you know, with that promotion of Fox, the fact that these guys are both undefeated fighters, um, I, I, I see why people decided to tune in, for sure. Simple, simple booking, man. I mean, you get two guys undefeated, two guys that are really good, and, you know, it doesn't take much. All right, let's get to the road to WrestleMania. Uh, we'll go through just about all the matches again, but, you know, we, we did that last week. I just kind of want to talk about the interest level whether it is higher lower or pretty much equal to what it's been based off of this week's tv so the uh ronda becky and charlotte match now has both titles involved both the raw and uh smackdown women's titles charlotte beat asuka on smackdown to win that championship and it looks like Asuka's not going to have the match uh, that she was defending her title against uh, probably Mandy Rose at WrestleMania. So now that they have added uh, a title to this match, another title, seemingly to make it more important than, uh, th- than ever, and they did the big promotion on Monday saying that it's going to be the main event, 
all three women were on SportsCenter, uh, though I thought having a male anchor was kind of a miss for uh, for the for ESPN. Like, they're, they're, a woman had to be there to interview these girls, uh, these women, because I just thought, I mean, that's the story, right? So, and then they, I, for, for whatever reason, there's just a random dude doing the interview. And then, um, and, and, and now, and now, you know, they, they, they have, it's full steam ahead as the main event. So do you feel more compelled, less compelled, about the same? What is your feeling after Monday and Tuesday of TV? Um, about the same. Uh, I, th- I feel like Becky's losing steam. Every, every show, I feel like there's some steam loss on her. Like, some matter, like, just the way they have promos, the way they, they book a character lately, just... Um, I think some steam has getting on Charlotte though. You know, she had a really great match with Oscar. Um, it was definitely a, a shocking um, twist to the story. Like, I don't think a lot of people expected that. It kind of, you know, came out of nowhere as they wanted it to, and definitely newsworthy. I, I find it funny. There's this outrage <laughs> about Oscar and how they treat her and her not having her match and boo her and it sucks for her. You got to understand people. (laughs) (laughs) The focus is on Charlotte, Rhonda, Becky. Okay. Their job is to make that match is the the most important, the most thing you want to see the most. That is the true, that is the true main event of this WrestleMania. And unfortunately, yes, you know, the match with Asuka got sacrificed. It sucks for them. But, you know, they're going to be okay. They're going to get a really good WrestleMania payoff. Um, they're going to, you know, wrestle probably in that battle royal unless they decide to still do the three-way. Asuka um, should, like, smoke everyone in that battle royal. She should be, like, really pissed off and just, like, kill everyone. I would think they're going to put her up for that battle royal now. Just, you know. Just to give, you know, it doesn't matter who wins that battle royal, but like, you know, it'd be nice to have her win it because then she can have something to say, I want to win, you know, that can challenge for a title, get a rematch, or something like that. So, but the, what do you think of the match? I thought the match was great on SmackDown. That match is really good. Uh, I liked a lot of it. Um, the, the, you know, the, the comparison to the WrestleMania match was just kind of in the back of my mind because I just recently rewatched that match, the WrestleMania mm-hmm. one. And that match was so good. And this was a TV version of uh, of a good match. So not as good, obviously, as a WrestleMania match. But I thought it was I thought it was fine. Uh, I know when I was talking to Big Dave, he thought it was pretty sloppy at times. Um, but I liked some of the creativity. I liked, you know, Charlotte doing the moonsault and misses and falls into the rear naked choke. And when they mm-hmm. do stuff like that, the transition stuff like that, I think is always great. But uh, but yeah, I, I thought I was surprised that she made her tap though. That I was really surprised that they did that. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was a little shocking. Um, but I I kind of thought it was interesting too when it when like Charlotte comes out, not that big of a reaction for this crowd, and then Austin comes out. There's a reaction. It's a decent reaction, but nothing big. They announced the talent match, decent reaction, but they really got those fans into it by the end. Yeah, that, that that was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, and. I will say I'm so fond of how Ronda is pissing the uh, hardcore wrestling fans off that I am just so into this match. Um, so they did, they do the beat the clock challenge and, um, 
I'm a, I'm a part of another Facebook group with some other friends, and there's a couple guys who are really fired up about Rhonda and Becky and Charlotte. Like they really have thoughts and and passionate like uh, opinions about what's going on. And one of the themes in that room with not only you know a couple guys but a few people is you know Ronda Ronda's disrespectful to pro wrestling. <laughs> and so uh, after the beat the clock challenge, Rhonda posted, uh, you know, because she won, but then Becky won a little bit faster. So then Rhonda posted something on Twitter, and uh, and and they were the the me- the message that I that I was responding to was just like, you know, Rhonda cheapens this stuff, like, oh, you know, she's she's so real, and then when she loses, is she just gonna be like, you know. And like not not give Becky her due and like it's just, just like I'm just trying to explain that like look guys like the whole point of Rhonda doing this stuff is to get you guys mad at her and you guys are so mad at her right now and they're like no no I'm, I'm not I'm not mad at her uh, I'm mad at the way that she's doing it and I was like right he goes uh the one of the guys who's a, a good a totally a great guy like i i, I but sometimes i i kind of have to pop, pipe in and so this is nothing about his opinion as a wrestling fan but he was like it's like if you're playing freeze tag with someone and every time you're about to tag them they change the rules i'm like exactly that's exactly what she's doing she's trying to piss you off and like i i think i think he he understood he was just pretty stubborn about because he's just not into the ronda pissing on pro wrestling stuff but i I, i'm just uh, i'm just so amazed at that thing and uh i i love what she's doing and the thing that i realized is um is at the end so you know i'm uh I'm thinking about, okay, where are they going to go after WrestleMania, right? Like, you know, I think to some extent, you know, what you hope is that, you know, Becky, Becky's strong and then she's got immediate, you know, challengers and maybe it's Charlotte, you know, maybe it's Asuka, who knows. But, um, but then I was like, wow, when Ronda's gone, like, what's going to be interesting to me? Like, what am I going to get excited to see you know like what like and and i'm just gonna like i I just feel like i'm gonna miss her um so uh there's a there's a song that jay-z has i think it's on like the black album and he like he has this line he's like we'll see what people think when i no longer exist like basically saying like you know i have all these haters now but then when i leave you guys are gonna miss me and i was like it's not the exact same thing with Rhonda, I was like, man, when she's done after her one year whirlwind, I'm gonna miss her so much. Yeah, they. I mean, they have a crop of great women in NXT that they can definitely bring up, and I mean, we'll have that same level of interest. I think because Rhonda's a different kind of superstar, you know, yeah. than those women. But you know, they they really can focus on some really great matches and rivalries. They 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 could, but they have to be tight with their booking, and we know with WWE main roster stuff has been really all over the map. So, but uh, but yeah, my interest is about the same as it was last week. Okay, on the SmackDown side, the third gauntlet in oh, like a month and a half featured the New Day having to win the match for their buddy old pal Kofi so that he gets the WrestleMania moment that he deserves, and. 
they win the gauntlet. So Kofi finally gets his opportunity to face Daniel Bryan. The entire babyface locker room. Becky Lynch. Kevin Owens, who <laughs> doesn't have a match currently. Musta- Mustafa Ali, who is now just Ali. Who <laughs> does also doesn't have a match and was probably previously pegged for this match at some point before he got hurt. They were so excited for Kofi. Uh, finally, Kofi's in this match. And uh, and now now that the chase now that now that you know us changing the goalpost for Kofi is is now over, the match is here. Do you feel more compelled, less compelled, or about the same? I feel less less and less as this whole storyline's been building to this moment. Like they have they have to, they just do not had a book baby faces on the main roster. I mean, oh, they open a segment with the interview with New Day, and Vince McMahon comes out. Who Vince? <laughs> Vince is pretty freaking funny, man. Like, you want to quit? I wish I. You, you just gotta watch that. If you didn't see it, people need to watch it. Just he, for Vince goes. He, he was. Quit? He was so he calling quit? their bluff. <laughs> yeah, he was doing like the chicken walk. Oh man, it was like <laughs> it was like he was he was definitely having fun out there. And I want. And I also wondering if he was getting a little pissed at. Brian kind of talking over at times. It just seemed like we, maybe they, they were, that was the way it's all written out. Oh yeah, he had to tell everyone to shut up so that well, everyone knows I, that he's the boss. Yeah, I guess he was building to that spot, but it was just funny to me. And then, uh, but like, did Kofi talk in that segment? I don't think so. It was all Xavier Woods, right? Yeah, it was. It, it was both of them. It was they, they were both. Um, I think trading back, or maybe that was the week before. But yeah, he it, it, the whole time the whole storyline has been. His buddies are sticking up for him, sticking up for him because yeah. he can't stick up for himself. Exactly. It's like, that's not a baby face. That's not someone you want to get behind. I don't want to get behind sad Kofi in the ring. You know, like sad, sad Affleck after Batman v Superman. <laughs> like, like it's just like, he was just like sad Kofi just sitting there and Vince McMahon's talking through him to Xavier Woods and Big E. And then the buddies have to win this gauntlet to get their buddy into the main event it's just so ass backwards yeah and I, i'm not sure they're gonna have a really good match because you know you know kofi's good and brian's great and then and and brian always figures out a way to have a great match with 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 anyone so like you know if they have their time they'll, they'll have they'll have a great one but like i just like my interest level if it was like one to ten it'd be like out of one mm-hmm. and that's how that's how that's how i'm into that. and i really don't I really don't care to see match, match placement's going to be pretty interesting with this one because the SmackDown side, when it comes to the bigger the bigger matches, it's like I mean the the one that the, the match that I'm actually looking forward to the most as far as like in the ring is AJ and Randy Orton, but it's not like that's being pushed as a big match. Samoa Joe and Ray is not being pushed as a big match. Shane and Miz, they're kind of trying to like they're really trying hard. Miz and Shane are both like working their butts off to to make people believe in this thing um but that you know and then daniel Bryan and kofi like if daniel Bryan, i'm um, daniel Bryan and kofi if this is in the middle of wrestlemania like the second half of wrestlemania might be like all all the raw matches like i'm trying to figure out like how, how the, the placement of this stuff yeah i mean i haven't even looked at the placement of the matches but you know i'm sure it'll be in the between match one and 17 somewhere right <laughs> that's a long show it's ridiculous Okay, so I what I hope I I hope that they do a four and a quarter, four and a half star match, 
and that, you know, whether Kofi wins or whatever, or they push that storyline another month, oh, what, I, what I hope doesn't happen is that they do a three and a half star match and all the Kofi apologists pretend that it's a four and a half star match and they are just praising the shit out of it. That's what I hope doesn't happen. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it will, people are going to overrate it, I'm sure. But, you know, they, they have a, I mean, they have a, if they have enough time, I think they can definitely have that, that great of a match as, as, as you, you know, you want, so. Yeah. Okay, so Seth and Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, no Brock this week. Uh, he was there last week, but not this week. And it was Heyman and Seth in a little tete-a-tete. Um, I don't know. This match feels really flat to me. And I think uh, next week on Raw, Seth has got to get one over big on Brock. Because otherwise, I'm just kind of like... You know, maybe since Dean and Brock, I I haven't looked less forward to a match with Brock Lesnar in in a big match. And... That's that's with saying that I that, you know that when Rowan went down, this was the WrestleMania match I wanted to see, and so they've flattened this thing out big time for me. Yeah, without Brock there, it's, it's always going to be a little flat. So yeah, yeah, coming off last week, which I thought was pretty good, to this week, which I thought was pretty blah. Definitely, my interest is I would say at this moment the same, just you know where it was at, but they did nothing to give me even more hype for it. You know, yeah. Uh, after, I think it was uh, two weeks ago, I was pretty excited for Roman and Drew, and I think I'm I'm, I'm still excited for it. It's probably, um, you know, maybe third the the, the match that that I want to see the most, the third most on, on this list. But they're, they're in ring um, Roman's acceptance of of everything like the fans just did not get behind it at all. I was a little worried that, you know, maybe the the bloom is already off the rose on Roman. Like uh I hope not because I think he still has a very compelling story to tell and he was on first take this week as well. He was on ESPN got got some nice coverage, but it it just didn't whatever it was and I love both of these guys, but whatever it was, the fans did not react when uh when they did their little thing. Yeah, it was it's a it was a tough crowd that night, but it was also you know they weren't getting a lot this they weren't giving a lot you know on the show, so they could have been just at a wrong time you know. Uh, but then again, that's no excuse if you have you know if you're if you're over enough, people would be reacting right. Um, I think they're doing a good job with Drew though. I mean, they're really trying to truly trying to build him up big, and I hope he wins at WrestleMania. I think it's okay for Roman to lose. Um, it's his first big singles match back, coming back from injury or coming back from illness, and you can definitely play that up. Like, you know, like, he was rusty, he wasn't ready, uh, you know, maybe he came back too soon, blah, blah, blah. You know, just kind of give him that kind of, like, out. But at the same time, you're giving Drew a big win, and God, you know, I really would like to see Brock retain Drew in here and, and just have that Drew versus Brock match. I, w- I would love to see that because Roman beating chasing Brock is just such an old story. Yeah, you know that ship has sailed. I think I saw. I think I said the same thing last week. Like I think it'd be cool if it was Drew who got the who got the big win over Brock and have him being the one that Roman chases. You know, would I think that would be a much better a better 
story, you know, in my opinion. Triple H cut one of the worst promos I've seen him cut, I think, on Monday. And nobody, nobody, I, I don't know if people didn't feel the same as me, but um, I, I didn't see as many people as negative on it as I was. But he was pandering. He was uh, trying to make jokes, Spice Girls jokes that everyone made on Tuesday of last week. So it was already old by the time that he made it. Um, he didn't believe in this stipulation so that supposedly Batista wanted, and it didn't. It wasn't effective because we didn't see Batista ask for it. You know this this uh, reti- this career on the line thing. It, the the career on the line makes zero sense. Um, as I was just like, God, does like who is it, is anyone you know is anyone backstage watching what's going on? Because I have so little interest in this match now, and I was so excited to see Hollywood Dave Batista, and now I'm just ugh, I I don't really care about this match at all anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely at a zero with it and just yeah that promo did nothing i mean i was like zoning out during it like i was like i was kind of like mine was wandering i just wasn't feeling like i'm like i'm already over it i think a lot of it is that it's just such a forced storyline and and i think the crowd knows it's forced and it's just they're just trying to throw some some extra match on like they on mania i think it's going to be something special but to me it's it's uh it's not um it's curious what they're going to do in it. It's going to be a lot of smoke and mirrors, of course. Um, yeah, I got, yeah. You know what I'm going to, hey, you know what I'm going to watch? I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to watch Batista versus The Undertaker WrestleMania. Just throwing it out there. Uh, is that 24? WrestleMania 24? Yeah. Yeah, that, watch was, it. that was a good match. That was when Batista and Taker were all fired up because they didn't get to be the main event of the show yeah yeah it's, it's uh definitely gonna watch that before uh, we head out to new york uh um definitely uh it was a very memorable match but i was, I was thinking about Batista's wrestlemania matches and then we had that really big match with triple h the build was you know i don't know i'm trying to remember how good it was i don't remember being that good i just remember the beat the build was that great it was a really great yeah job, yeah build. for sure but the, i just remember that they could they could still tell stories back then yeah yeah, I see, yeah that's, that's right i just, i i just remember that Dave Batista Undertaker match being like, wow, I came out of like nowhere and be in the middle of the show, and they went out to prove a point, and and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna watch that one. So uh, Kurt Angle against Baron Corbin is still the plan. We don't know what's going on with John Cena. Um, they have been Kurt. Kurt has been having his, you know. Road to retirement matches. Uh, he had the match with Samojo on Raw, and then he had a, like a thirty-second match with AJ Styles on SmackDown before it got interrupted. And I think uh, he has one with Rey Mysterio coming up as well. So the this is not uh, you know this is not Ric Flair WrestleMania twenty four you know leading into the Shawn Michaels match, which I didn't think was fantastic either but it was way better than what they're doing here everything just seems so rushed so last minute so they didn't they didn't really think about this until they did it kind of you know kind of like pretty much the entire build to the show but uh kurt and baron where are you sitting on this one um i do have an interest level because i i believe it's a bait and switch with baron 
I, I think I'm sh- I my guess is that it's gonna be John Cena. Uh, I think he destroys Baron. I think John Cena comes out and challenges Kurt. Doesn't want him to go out like that, you know. Well, doesn't want him to, you know. You're you know. He wants to, he wants to wrestle Kurt. Honestly, yeah. you know. I think that's I think that's the story. I think there's just no need to advertise John for the show. I think he'd be a nice surprise. His music hits. Um, you know, that's I, I mean, what else is what else John Cena doing? You know, that's I just think he fits here perfectly. So now, and now, this is not me saying I think they should do this. I just would die laughing and be so happy if John Cena comes out in those old SmackDown tights he used to wear that not not the current gear but remember when he was oh, uh, yeah, but- <laughs> comes out with the I don't know if he can fit in those anymore. <laughs> maybe it may because he gets smaller for Hollywood, so maybe a little smaller for Hollywood, as small as John Cena can get. I just I just call I just call that character. I know. I, I just call that version of Cena the uh, ruthless ruthless aggression version of John Cena. Uh, that I would die laughing. Like and he would I, I think just his with his sense of humor, I think he would actually get a kick out of it, but I mean it would be silly to do it because you have a I whole just, you have eighty eighty percent of that fan base who would not know why he was doing that even though i enjoyed joe and angle i'm also very i mean this is obviously there's obviously a reason why angle's retiring mm-hmm. like you could tell he is hurting um it's at times hard to watch like he nearly lost him on that joe on that samoan drop or not no it was i don't know it was it aj or aj, no? He, AJ no, yeah, it AJ. was uh, no it was randy when Randy Orton uh, interfered, then yes. Angle gave him the Angle Slam. Yeah, on the Angle Slam. Yes, thank you. It's like that. Like that. Like I've never seen him hit that move like that. Like mm-hmm. bad. Like he's always so crisp and clean. And and you know, it's 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 just kind of hard to watch sometimes. So I mean, I would love to have have love to see him have a him and John Cena go out there and have a classic final match i don't know how great it'll be i mean but it'll be a nice touch but i just you know it's been it's been kind of hard and i was kind of bummed about the whole like aj and angle only going like 30 seconds but i was wondering how much was that either the f the fans and get some heat on orton probably mostly that but also the back of my mind i was wondering like did he come out of that joe match okay that's that's what i was wondering too yeah so so that that's that's what I was I was wondering is that well and I saw that but um um yeah you know Kurt's one of the all time greats in the ring so I mean he deserves a big moment I just wish they would have had this planned out from you know six months ago or something. totally like, there should have been some foresight because if you have foresight you could put this together to make it feel really special. Yeah, this this whole tour thing, like who, like his list, like he could have had like the quote unquote Cody Rose list, right? Like, yeah. These are the guys I want to wrestle, and and like he could have guys like wrestling each other to honor to wrestle him, you know, to get a, you know, or something like that. Like you do a lot of cool stuff to make it that important. But I don't know, maybe Vince doesn't see Kurt that way. You know, he left, and there's some. I know he's welcome back, and he's back in the fold. You know, but like, you know, Vince is it? Does he still hold some stuff against? You know what I mean? I don't know. I wonder who he would still have loyalty to. Like, you know, the Undertaker seemingly is still taking the Starcast booking, <laughs> so I don't know. I'll tell it's you rough right now. Undertaker and Vince still loyal to each other, brother. That's what I'm saying. Still what? 
They're still loyal to each other. I'm sure they are, but I'm sure it hurt Vince's feelings that Underta- if Undertaker does this Starcade, uh, Starcast thing. Uh, insignificant. Don't worry, man. It'll be fine. I, I, I think he, I think he's gonna wrestle again at some point. So, I mean, at least they're they're gonna be working together. I just, it's just like, of all the guys who you would think that you know Vince could say this is my guy, the Undertaker is that guy, and still, you know, he's got to look out for himself because you know when his wrestling career is over, you know he's not he's not gonna just be okay, you know, doing the, uh, you know, those contracts that they have for the retired guys. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe in AEW's eyes, the fans of AEW, like, it's Undertaker at StarCast is, like, this big coup, but I think Vince is like, yeah, go get your money, man. Right? That's what I think. I hope. I mean, I, I hope he would understand, but I don't know. Um, okay, so um, Lashley and Balor, the only thing I have to say about this is why? <laughs> it's because the demon's going to come out and beat Bobby Lashley. The demon is going to come out in like the second match of the night. Yeah. <laughs> and we would, maybe even on the pre show, like, it's like, why? Can, 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 can we not have this well, match? And can we have these guys in the Battle Royal? And then they, they're the last two guys in the Battle Royal. And, you know, they, they, whatever. And then you build towards next month when. You can actually do the demon in, you know, the the second match, you know, from the top, and it means something. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. I I still say they should, even though like the battle royal is just like, hey, get everyone on the on the card, extra people on the card, the spot on the WrestleMania battle royal. Like it shouldn't be like that. It should be, well, it should be that, but also it should have some more importance. Like put some bigger. Cool, cool names on there you know the higher some higher make it important make it like i said make the final four when I mean, it's because the final four like make it something special make you have some kind of special stip or the winner gets a title shot like and so you don't have to have like 25 matches you know you can you can it's okay to throw those guys in that battle world and and you could do storylines out of that battle royal for future stuff like yeah. there's so much you could do with the battle royal it's it's ridiculous and people just it just usually just Honestly, usually it's just random just to get guys in the show. Even on the indie level, we see that all the time, you know? And I, I just just use it use it for something important. Of course, now they're using it for, for the shtick with Strowman and the SNL guys, but but I agree with you. But I think what's this is what I think is gonna happen, and it's kinda of, it's kinda of funny. The demon's gonna destroy Lashley, win the title. And on Raw, Lashley's gonna destroy Finn Balor for the title. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, let's move to the SmackDown side quickly. Shane and Miz. I am I've been lukewarm on this match because I like them so much as a tag team. I was getting a kick out of their goofy uh, tag team. Um, and now they're doing the match. I, the, the thing that I'll say is I, you know I said this earlier is they are trying really hard. The Miz is trying so hard to cut these babyface promos that you know are, are emotional and passionate. Now, whether or not they're working, to, for me, they're not necessarily working, but I actually like I, I like his desire in, in these promos. Shane is playing a great dick. Um, and you know, he's he, he had the uh, he had his barricade of, of, of jobbers out there. 
and it sucks to say jobbers because sanity is in there and and you know guys like that and but that's that's what it looked like on tv um and then the problem is that i know that these guys are going to have a match and when it comes to actual wrestling they are two of my least favorite guys to watch matches with you know, it, you know, I'll give Miz credit for uh, last year's match, the triple threat with Rollins and, and Balor. But, you know, he, he was going to have a good match with those guys. Him having to kind of carry this thing, I think it's probably going to be really bad. But, you know, we, we always say the same thing about the smoke and mirrors. They're going to they're going to make it as entertaining as humanly possible. I just don't really want to see it. Um, so I'm pretty flat on this one, but I will give them credit for you know working really hard to try and get people uh into it yeah i'm not i'm not into it at all that's i just i don't buy the miz as this ass kicking baby face like you know kicking ass all the security guards and everything and uh, i think shane is just, just he's a natural baby face like i think i'm not a big fan of his his heel stick right now I, I just don't believe it i think he's I don't think the fans really believe it. Like, I think they really messed up, but just because I know they want to get to this point, a singles match needs to for for Mania. I think they should have called an audible because them together as a team was pretty entertaining. And once they blow, broke them up, like like we predicted, it, it lost. They lost all that, all the all that, all that interest in them has just been gone. So AJ and Randy, like I said, I'm looking most forward to this. As, as an in-ring, not necessarily from a storyline perspective, but just I can't wait to see these guys have a match, and thus my my uh, heat index is, is high on it, though they haven't really done a lot to build the story. I expect them to do so a little bit more on the go-home SmackDown, but I, I almost feel like the fact that they're not telling like this long story means that they're not killing my desire to watch this match, so that's probably a good thing. I don't think they're going to get the time you think. You know, I think they're. I think it's gonna. The time's gonna be disappointing. I think it's just. It's just a step one of their story. Um, when it comes to the matches part of the story, I think this is just step one of three, most likely. So, uh, I don't expect them to get a lot of time in this one. That's so. That's. I mean, I'm. I'm. A, I mean, I like these guys a lot. I just. I just in back of my mind, I'm thinking they're not gonna get the time that we. I know they. They they had the time they had like they had fifteen to twenty minutes they could have a really killer match. I don't think they're gonna get that. So I'm I'm just I'm just I'm I'll, I'm I'm interested in it, but not 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 that high. Samojo and Ray with Dominic <laughs> cutting promos for him on TV. Snow. If this was snow <laughs> because in, of his hair. Informer man. Yeah. Uh, if this was Ray and Andrade. I would be so into this match and not saying that Joe and Ray will not be good, but, uh, we just saw, uh, I think we saw Joe, didn't Joe beat him in the elimination chamber? Um, so like, it just, you, you can tell that there wasn't a lot of foresight in this one either, because if you wanted to put a program together with Joe and Ray, you could make it awesome. This is another match that I wish they would have just held off to the next show because then you could build it up properly and give it the time necessary and I think they would have a badass match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Same, same. I just, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. Um, I'm sure it's going to evolve. Obviously, Dominic's going to get involved somehow. Uh, probably going to get involved somehow to where it's going to cost Ray the match. Not that Dominic's going to turn on him, but 
maybe something where Joe starts beating the shit out of Dominic and then, you know, causes Ray to lose somehow. So, so the next, I mean, the um, 205 Live match is uh, Buddy Murphy against Tony Nice. Um, and the women's tag is now four way. So it's Bailey and Sasha against the Iconics against the. Uh, gosh, what what are they calling Natty and Beth Phoenix? Is it the Divas of Destruction or something like that? <laughs> uh, I, I missed that one, but. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking this up because I saw it uh, when I looked at, at the match list. You're, 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 I'm surprised if they did that is their name because. They're trying to drop the they want they dropped all diva stuff. So Divas of Doom is is what I saw. Oh. Divas of Doom? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Was that but... their old that, that might have been their old name from like the God, early the, the early two thousand ten era when they were the, Yeah. Your memory's better than mine, but like yeah, I mean I'm sure this will be fine. It'll be fine. Against Nia Jackson Tamina, the the yeah. last team. Um probably pre show I'm guessing, unless they put both the Battle Royals in the pre-show, and always the poor, uh, the poor two hundred five live match, a cruiserweight match is always in the pre-show, but yeah. um, it, this could be in the pre-show as well, would be my guess. But they could use it as a buffer between, you know, some of the bigger matches as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 my guess will be on the main card. I think. I think. So they will have an Andre the Giant, and I think they are still going to have a women's battle royal, so those matches will be there as well. And, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think, what are, so there would be, one, uh, is there a, a SmackDown tag title match, I'm assuming, with the yeah, Usos? Yeah, it's, uh, it's I, I, yeah, I think they'll be, yeah, Usos would be on. I'm guessing the New Day will be in that. Yeah. Uh, Baby Rusev and, um, Nakamura, maybe, maybe Alistair Black and uh, and Ricochet, maybe, or something like that. Another four away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big totally. on four ways. So the the only thing, the only other thing I want to uh, just quickly talk about is uh, starting either Sunday or Monday. I, I may I may post the uh, Sunday introdu- as the introduction. Uh, the Fight Game Blog website slash fight game media still in transition to fight game media we are posting a top 35 matches in wrestlemania history and uh and that will be uh basically 10 uh 10 matches in uh, three posts and then once we get to the top five it'll be uh, its own post so four posts plus an introduction and uh, those will go up all next week, leading into WrestleMania. So I've done. I'm, I haven't exactly done all the tabulations, but almost all the votes, almost all the star ratings are in. Um, and uh, I'll even give you the names of uh, of the folks who are voting. So obviously, Duan and Alan Forel, who have done this with me in the past, myself, Cadillac Don from our website. Uh, Ryan Pike, Chris, uh, people would know Chris as the toy figures guy and the uh, Saved by the Bell guy. He's big. He's He named his son Zach. Um, Corey and uh, Paul from Wrestling Observer 
who's uh, and then uh, Chris Aiken, who you mentioned for who is the big lucha guy. So all of all of those folks have we had we had an we had about let's see we we we, we had about over sixty five matches to rate, and so then we're gonna break down the sixty five to 35 and then that will be the lists that i will start posting early next week so every day of next week which is going to be tough because we are going to be in new york so i'm going to have to work pretty hard this weekend to get that stuff ready <laughs> to uh to put uh, to schedule and and to, to to get put out there so that stuff will be up next week and we can chit chat about it um if if we get to, i think we're going to still try and do our our show next week in new york we'll have to find some time uh, to, to, to do it, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring maybe we'll be able to bring on uh, some special guests too. So uh, so yeah, so that is that is the road to WrestleMania, and um, let's talk about Raw, nineteen ninety three episode eleven to close this puppy out. So this is post WrestleMania nine. WrestleMania nine happens. The Sunday, and then they come back on Monday for Raw. Is that is that how it worked, or did they actually skip another week? I can't remember how that worked. No, I think this was... I felt like it was after Raw from the commentary. Yeah, because Bartlett I think so. stuck in Vegas, supposedly. Because they taped a lot of this stuff before, right? Is that yeah, how it was? This, this felt like it was... Uh, this felt like it was live. The crowd was... Potter and Vince's intro and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I told you Bartlett's gone by episode twelve. That's my prediction. Remember, this is left. But is is he gone? Like he's on he's on the phone here on this I, show. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like they were writing him off here. But yeah, it, I mean, it, it felt like it for sure because the show opens with Macho Man and Vince, and obviously, you know, we we are keeping our eye on on Bartlett, so we immediately notice. Oh, no, Bartlett. Uh, and they don't really bring him up until the first match, which is Virgil against Bam Bam Bigelow. So the entire reason, or, or, or the whole angle to this show, is they're basically trying to sell the replay of WrestleMania 9. It's like the most must-see WrestleMania ever because they had the double title change and Hulk Hogan's the champion again. So they're trying to sell people on the idea that if you did not watch WrestleMania 9 you really, really miss something special because they're going to run the replay. I don't know if it was like the next day or it was it was uh, very soon thereafter Raw. And this is, this is back in the day of pay-per-view where they didn't, you know, it was, uh, you couldn't just order this thing like whenever you wanted. Like it was actually scheduled and it was only going to be like maybe once and you, then you'd have to order the replay. Whereas you know, today you can order the UFC replay like, you know, several days after the show's over. And I think now if you order the paper, you can watch the replay right after and like it just keeps going to like 24 hours, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was basically like, yeah, you know, they want to, you know, check out the replay, get the buys. Uh, you know what? Uh, when I'm watching this Raw, like there's, there's no one better, I think, than Vince hyping up a show. Like when you open, you come in on the open like that. Like he just gets you excited about crap. You know what I mean? Like we got Bam Bam versus Virgil, but like the way he sells it, like like 
you know, he just does such a great job. And I miss that. Like, I don't get that nowadays. I don't get that, like, fire when they open a show up, you know, because they probably don't even know what the hell their main event is, you know, half the time. You know, you know what the problem is, though, is Vince sells everything hard no matter what so Mm -hmm. even if it's shit he sells it hard and then the great stuff he sells it hard now i think to some like i think people are like yeah you know that that i i'm okay with that but to me as the lead announcer he comes off so salesman-y so when he actually does the play-by-play instead of calling the moves he's actually trying to sell what's in the next segment or what they're trying to sell and i i wish there would have been someone else doing the play-by-play, and then he could have actually been, you know, the, maybe the color end, but he wouldn't have been great as a color guy either because he doesn't know the names of any of these moves. But he could sell, like, he knows where these angles are going. He could sell them. But just when he does the play-by-play, I find myself, like, rolling my eyes at him trying to sell me, um, you know, uh, dog crap in a paper bag and, you know, for a hundred dollars like that's how i feel with some of this stuff because i'm watching virgil and bam bam and it's fine right like virgil understands at least to some extent how to be a baby face in peril and to get the fans behind his comeback like he at least knows how to do that now the comeback in of itself may not be fantastic but he he can do that and so you know it's okay but you know when i when when you're selling that this is a great match and i'm like come on guy i've been watching wrestling for you know all my life and you know never in anywhere in the building even when wwe was running c shows in small towns would virgil and bam bam be anywhere near the main event so it's just kind of like sometimes i just watching these raws i feel like the hype is great but sometimes you have to discern and you have to be uh, truthful in in what you're really watching. Like you could you could sell Bam Bam Bigelow, right? Because he's he's the guy that that is gonna, you know, uh, in, in two years he's gonna main event WrestleMania. Now now they don't they didn't know that here, but like he's someone who you could sell. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Bam Bam's awesome. Like go for it. But to sell everything the same way, it could be a, it's a little frustrating to me watching these shows. Yeah, I just liked his energy when he opened it. Just like, just to me, it just got me excited for the show and got me like in the mood that I watched these these old this Raw. And uh, actually, I, I I personally enjoyed this Raw. I thought it was uh, that was a really you know, like like these easy watch. Like the last one was kind of a struggle, but this one <laughs> this one they had a uh, some good good some good stuff on it. So. Uh, Bam Bam's match with Kamala, which wasn't even really promoted uh, all that much, was cut from WrestleMania. So, you know, Bam Bam is coming out here after having his match uh, not happen. And uh, the entire time, like I said, they're selling the replay. So while this match is happening and while Virgil's making a comeback, you know, it's all about Hogan and it's all about the the uh, the WrestleMania replay, which is fine. Um, and But then... On top of that, to make this match to me feel not very important, they do the Rob Bartlett uh, call from Vegas. So <laughs> they're doing like three different things that have nothing to do with this match. Um, and, you know, that they're just getting all that stuff in. And Bartlett is, you know, the idea is that Vince uh, doesn't want Bartlett to come back. So he's not sending the plane for him. 
he's uh bartlett needs to take the greyhound bus to come back and bartlett is like but i'm out of money vince pretends that he doesn't hear him so that he doesn't have to pay him to come back bartlett actually goes yeah the last check you gave me bounced and he's like oh no no, no. It, it, it really didn't bounce like i i spent it all but i thought was, i thought that was funny like you're making the, the biggest wrestling promotion in the in the world seem like a bunch of cheap asses um yeah the match between virgil and bam bam I mean, it was it just went way too long, but it had to because, like you said, they got to sell the paper. They just replay. talk all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, do the Bartlett stuff, but unfortunately, like this is a long match involving Virgil. Yep. Luckily, it also involved Bam Bam Bigler, who is one of my favorites to watch. And but this is a rough go for Bam Bam at times. Virgil, God, man. Does he does did he ever learn how to run the ropes correctly? <laughs> uh, is why is he drop kicking Bam Bam Bigelow in the dick? Like <laughs> like he, he in the one match he pulled off the worst drop kick I've seen in a long time and also the worst second rope drop kick I've seen in a long time. And it's like I was like man just stop it but I just but then there's every time I say come on just just go home they, Vince is talking about WrestleMania nine so I'm like oh, gosh <laughs> and so finally. You know, Bam Bam hit that sweet looking top rope headbutt. Yeah, love watching. Even though now it's, I love watching it, but also like, kind of like my neck hurts when I see it. I, I know the damage it causes, but um, but uh, he, you know, that's what's so cool about going back watching these ninety three ninety three Raws. That I get to watch a lot of Bam Bam, and uh, and he's always a treat to watch. We're gonna have to watch this uh, ninety three Raw next week together if we're gonna do the show. Yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, definitely have time. I don't know where we're gonna find all this stuff. But the, I know. Be, I mean, shoot. I know. We 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 have, we may have to get creative. Um, okay, so um, so the uh, one of the show long storylines is the debut of Jerry Lawler in the wrestling ring, and so Jerry comes out, and he is getting the Burger King chants. And he is so frustrated with these Burger King chants. He's basically like, look, if you guys don't stop, I'm going to not wrestle. And so obviously the chants just get louder. And then he does. He actually leaves and he goes back into the dressing room. And uh, and 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 it's it's done. Like, I don't know. The, the way that Vince sold this was a little weird because I think he was just moving so fast trying to get through stuff. Like he didn't really make it seem like a big deal. He's like, oh, he just he's just he just left and so then um the the if, if you want to this was the best the if you want to define like 1993 wrestling fan there's a guy he's screaming burger king at jerry lawler he's got like dirty blonde hair little little bit of a mullet style looking haircut mustache and he is wearing a green, red, and yellow FUBU sweatshirt. <laughs> this guy, I was like, you know what? I think, you know, I, I, pro- I, I, I probably knew like 10 of these guys. Yeah, he, he did. That was the, the yeah, he's a snapshot of 1993 right there, <laughs> fashion, right? Um, I like this. I like this stuff with Lawler. That was, was, you know, it's old school stuff. It's easy stuff, easy heat stuff. Uh, Lala's the master, you know, it's master artist out there. So like, yeah, it's just, 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 just really good, really good stuff. Like, 
no one I mean look at what he did to build up a match where he, I guess an opponent who's you know not a, a big guy but he made that match important because all the heat he was building up throughout the show mm-hmm. so uh, they do an interview with Mr. Fuji who is uh, basically saying that <laughs> There was no contract signed for Hogan and Yokozuna, so Yokozuna should still be the champion. Uh, and you know what? I agree. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so uh, Kim Chi faces Bob Backlund. Wait, before you, before you go any further, watching this promo, Mean Gene, Mr. Fuji, and for some reason, Yoko decides to strip his clothes off <laughs> to show off his massive girth. <laughs> I don't know what he said. But like, rap, rap. It, this, this interview was like what? It felt like a minute long. Yeah, like twenty. And I'm thinking like, yep, this is why they got Jim Cornette. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, so then Kim Chi against Bob Backlund. Backlund wins with like that bridging pin, very similar to how uh, Zack Saber Jr. Uh, wins matches today. Um, I do. Do you sense? So we know that at certain point backlund is going to get uh, a major push and i think i think in his match with uh, razor ramon at wrestlemania i think in the observer in the observer recap Meltzer said that might be the first pinfall loss by backlund ever in wwe or wwf yeah yeah i saw that too because um, he would he would have lost by submission, submission to shake not submission. Throw in the towel. Well, throw in the towel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stoppage. Yeah. Uh, corner stoppage. <laughs> Let's get technical here. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I like this match with Kimchi and Bob Backlund. I did. I liked, I liked, uh, I liked Steve Lombardi's uh, work in this match as Kimchi. I thought he was, like, sinister. Like, he it wasn't, like, Goofy's Kimchi with Kamala. Um, it was a simple match. You know, I, I just liked everything... Executed, executed well. This did follow Virgil's great performance, so maybe that's why I thought it was fantastic. But I like to finish the uh, the bridging cradle is one of my favorite pins, and uh, that was that was Bob Backlund's finisher, right? He did the big atomic drop into that cradle. So, as you're watching this, though, like the like the way I'm envisioning this is before Hogan comes back, it's like a new generation of guys. Basically, it's like. Bret Hart's a champion. We're phasing out Rick. We're really, you know, even though Perfect comes from that older generation, Perfect, Luger, um, you know, we're really like making an attempt to to move on from the old version of what we used to do. Except Backlund comes out as like a fish out of water. Like it's almost like it's almost like he went to sleep. It was 1983. He woke up in 1993 and he didn't realize 10 years had passed right like he's walking around going like ah where's the sheik i need to beat that guy like that's kind of what his character feels like and i while it's kind of cool to see him because when i was younger obviously i didn't get to see him at all so i always heard about him and so to get to see him i'm like oh this is kind of cool i get to see bob Backlund, but he he the way that they push him is in this sort of aw shucks kind of way that if I'm a, if you're a 17 year old wrestling fan like I was back then, who even loves wrestling history and can't couldn't wait to see Bob Backlund, I'm like, 
eh, okay, like I, I'm I'm kind of over it. Now we can look back, you know, all these years and go, ah, oh, you know, Bob was actually kind of cool because he stands out in, in that way. But he was not getting over with me as a as a fan doing this style of, of what, what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I was, because I, you know, like you, it's like I didn't see Bob wrestle during his, you know, championship run. I just, I, you know, so I was like read stories and knew he had a long reign. And so, like, growing up, when I, when I, when I watched wrestling, guys looked like, you know, uh, you know, steroid up, big yeah. guys. And then you got Bob, and you're like thinking, like, this guy was a champion. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, I, 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 but I respected him. Yeah, you because know, I always had respect for wrestling history, so it was to me it was exciting to see him, like like you, like you said. So I mean, I I kind of just like accepted him and, and and remembered that he was a champion and and respected for that. But I remember like not not getting really too hyped up for him. But I did love his heel turn '94. I thought that was great stuff. And you know this more than me, but like the George Foreman championship when that was '94, right? April '94 against Michael Moore. Um, that sounds right. So, and I, I, so you gotta say Vince was kind of head on the, uh, the curb of the old time guy, you know, making a comeback. I'm pretty sure that happened in April 94 or or maybe even later than that, actually. But because remember George Foreman on the title, I was like a big deal, the age and winning the championship as such, you know. Yeah, it was uh, November of 94. Yeah. Oh, November. Okay, so it was 94. So, like, you know, Vince was on it before that, you know, with the uh, the, the old-timer, quote-unquote, you know, he's, like, what, 40-something years old, and we're we're (laughs) 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 40-something. But, yeah, Vince was in on that, so uh, so good on him. I I like Bob, so, I mean, I really really did enjoy this match with Kim Chi. I thought it was, like, simple and well-executed. Okay, but did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the next match between Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and Damian Demento? I was like so surprised to see Jim. I like I, I just I mean I don't know if I didn't remember him ever being wrestling for WWF at this point, but when he came out, I was like, holy crap! I you know I I would always peg him as like a late eighties WWF guy. I remember him in '92, and so when I when I saw him here. I guess Damon Demento. First of all, I'm like, Damon Demento's still there? I like, know. I thought he was long gone. Um, and then I saw Jim Brunson. I'm like, man, he's still there? You know? And uh, this match was uh, this match was tough. You know? Um, uh, we're going to talk about later, this later with another match. But, you know, the, the whole, like, WWE getting clean era, like, really affected some guys. Like, Damon Demento as Mondo Clean on the Indies was this really big jacked up guy here. He's softer, doesn't look as intimidating, even though he has like you know he has a good look, but he wasn't as intimidating as he was that I remember him before he went to the WWF. And, you know, Brunzel looked like he had a rough time <laughs> rough time working with him a little bit. So actually that's the only thing that kept me interested because I was wanted I wanted to see when Brunzel was gonna pop him once, being annoyed at certain you know, certain timing issues in the match. But anyway, it was it was it was okay, I guess. Brunzel hits the dropkick. Not quite as high as he used to get, but it was still a, a really nice-looking dropkick. Still better than freaking Virgil. <laughs> um, and then uh, Demento wins with, like, a knee drop. Did he have, like, a gimmick in his, like, knee brace or something? He was, like, yeah, twisting something around. 
I think that was supposed to be his thing. Like, was he was like put like doing something with his knee pad? And, but like, Vince is so over David Demento, it doesn't even doesn't even call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then uh, Lawler comes out again, does the same thing, goes back, does not have his match, and then we get uh, the Beverly Brothers against the Steiner Brothers, and. Um, this is a rematch of their Royal Rumble match from uh, earlier in the year, and it was good. I liked it. It was, you know, it was a a very simple, you know, just get heat on the baby faces, and they make their comeback. And you know, dog dog face gremlin is always a a great hot tag when he can just kill dudes with with clotheslines. <laughs> yeah, I love I love this match. What 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 specifically did you love about it? I just thought it was everything connected. Everything was well timed. The hot tag was great. Um, I thought whew, Mike Enos's uh, back body drop. Oh my god! I popped so big for that. I was it's such a beautiful thing. I almost teared up. That's how beautiful that back body drop was. <laughs> um, everything was well executed. Like I said. Um, there was a scary moment when Scott picked up big old Wayne the Train Bloom, or I don't, I don't know his name on the. I think it's Blake Beverly. What they call it. I, I, I call him by their old Destruction Crew name, and he did that big tilt the world suplex. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. Damn near lost him, or he actually kind of did lose him, and that, I thought he actually hurt him. The, but, that like, that move, the tilt the world, um, was uh, was called what a maneuver, by the way. Yeah, yeah, the Tilt the World suplexes. I mean, that's what I, I love that move. I, I'm not surprised no one. I don't see many people doing that move anymore. You know, it's kind of like one of those lost cool moves. I wonder. Like, I wonder if it was you could lose the guy a little bit. Nah, no. I mean, Scott always executed really well. At this time, like, nah, but Blaine Bloom's like a. He was a six five, and by the way, his son just signed. Yeah. Be, yep. Uh, big kid. And so, uh, and as being such a big fan of the, the Beverly Brothers before that structure, true, I'm actually really rooting for the root for Wayne, Wayne's son. But my favorite guy on the team is Mike Enos. That guy is such a workhorse, man. That guy was, you know, didn't have the personality to get beyond his level. But like when it came to in the ring, he was freaking good. And, and he went to Japan, New Japan, did really well there. Had a nice spot there, and uh, I, I I always love watching Mikey Enos work because he's just such a smooth smooth worker. So the uh, the 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 final time that he comes out, Jerry Lawler, uh, you know, Jim Powers is just waiting for him, and, and he attacks mm-hmm. him, you know, with a with a fury because he has he's had to go through this two times already. So they had a really hot start to the match. And you mentioned this earlier about physiques. I almost didn't recognize that that was Jim Powers. He looked—he looked like a deflated, like uh, it was just so different. He looked so different. Yeah, it was funny because when you text me, because I watched like half it in the afternoon, and I finished it late at night, so I didn't get a chance to finish it yet. And you're like, "Is that really Jim Powers?" But I remember Jim Brunzel being on this show. I'm thinking like maybe he thinks maybe it was like maybe he thinks. Brunzel was powered or something like that, but then I saw the match. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never seen powers that small. I mean, probably won't see him that small 
for too long after that because I think he leaves WWF, goes to the AWF, finds all the needles he could find, and then he remember he went to Nitro in WCW. Showed a little bit, a little bit. And he showed up on there on TV in 90, 96, and he was just just really really blown up and thick and that and so. I think he's hurting for it now. I think, if I remember correctly, I think he had some kidneys, kidney issues and stuff. So, um, so yeah, no, that was that was, that was a, it was it was kind of distracting. Yeah. When watching that match, and it, and it, it's unfortunate because like Lawler was put on a hell of a performance in that match, and so was Jim Powers. This is the first time I've seen that that fired up. Like he felt like you know he had that generic white meat baby face kind of like raw raw to the crowd kind of energy but like here he showed some passion showed yep. some fire so he did and, good and earlier in the show savage and vince are basically calling lawler like they're you know their broadcast partner and you know one of them and so i was a little i was a little uh surprised to see lawler go at savage so hard in the post-match and it looks like they're building up something between the two, but I don't actually remember if anything happens between the two. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Trying to remember if they eventually had a match on Raw or something like that. But definitely not on the pay per view. But so maybe it was Raw. But I remember when I was rewatching this, I remember being excited when I first saw this because I remember being excited to see Savage and Lawler go at it because of their history from reading, you know history and knowing that they had a feud in memphis and i used to love that about when people would go to wbf and different the histories would come back to like 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 when carrie von eric started throwing discus punches to rick flair at the 92 Royal rumble it's just you know i love <laughs> that, that i love that kind of callback stuff yeah yep yep that stuff is so cool especially for us who you know we were we, we we didn't know the story. It was more like the legend. We only knew the legend, right? Yeah. And so when you when you like you build it up in your head about wow, this must have been great and then you see it, you know, you see the callbacks, you're like, Wow, this is so cool. They did this exactly for us. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because when Lawler was going back with Savage, I just kept thinking like, Man, Vince, why'd you give up on Savage? Like, why did you wanna put him in as a broadcast partner or make him semi retired? Like, Savage, as he showed in, especially in the early part of WCW, like, he still had a lot in that tank, you know? Yeah, like just, absolutely. I mean, can you imagine the matches they, they could have built with, you know, they could have done, they could have, hey, forget Yoko, right? Say you don't do Yoko. You save Yoko for something else. But you could have built up a Savage versus Bret Hart main event, like at WrestleMania, like... Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, uh, Mr. Perfect, you had Luger, you have Lawler. I mean, he 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 could have done a lot here, like still, and and it's. I know Vince gets like wants always wants to go younger, and 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 I I get it, I and I see why he wants to do that, and but like Savage, gosh man, like I think they really wasted him in 1993. Yeah, man, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think you know, obviously, it's it's a big mistake. Uh, in hindsight, because Savage goes and has several good years with WCW after this, um, yeah. But for whatever reason, that 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 was Vince's mentality. <laughs> what did you think of Vince really harping on his damn toga? 
<laughs> yeah, the everyone in their toga. Like he's like he kind of got he got like such a laugher at these his employees having to wear these freaking togas. But you know what? Watching WrestleMania nine, dude, Mean Gene's toga looks slick. Randy <laughs> Savage's toga was just wild and crazy. Like no one looked like it wasn't like. Like, even Ross mentions, like, I was in my first debut, I was in a toga. But, like, he was covered up. It wasn't like you saw his, like, overweight body yeah, yeah, flowing yeah, yeah. out of this thing. So, like, Vince is, like, whatever gets Vince's jaws off, man, it just cracks me up. Yeah, yeah, no. So, the uh, the thing that I was wondering is, like, I was, like, wondering, you know, do they mention Jim Ross? Like, when does Jim Ross, like, start showing up? But they didn't mention him at all. No. on this show and it's funny because you know we recap the whole thing of jim leaving wcw to go to wwf and all the stuff that they went through and vince showing up on the radio show so i at least thought there'd be a mention of ross but there was like it, it was you know nothing unless Maybe, they yeah. unless they recapped it during the uh the the photos that they showed of wrestlemania on the commercial they may have but maybe our friends in the in the in the, in the fight game game facebook group can can answer this but i think he went to superstars jim ross you probably i think yeah i think you're right yeah okay i think that's what i think happened and that's where he that's where he went so maybe that's why you know vince is ross vince's show right so maybe he didn't want to you know promote good old jr at this point so uh just a couple of tidbits from the observer about wrestlemania 13 that we didn't mention um the the finishes were kept secret from talent so that the plans didn't get out about what they were trying to do. So Dave, I think, was insinuating that some of the matches weren't as crisp because they couldn't even really go over the finishes until, uh, you know, soon, soon before the show because they didn't want the stuff to get out about what was going to happen. He, he said it affected, specifically affected the Luger-Mr. Perfect match, but I thought that match was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but that's because you love Lex Luger. <laughs> that match is good, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's freaking a cl- all-time classic. You know what? L- I loved Luger's entrance. I, I, that that was the best entrance. If it the only thing that sucked about the entrance was it was so windy that it was blowing yeah. the the things. But that that was that was a bad yeah, entrance. I thought, I thought those girls holding the. Uh, those mirrors with the uh, with the pyro are gonna go up like Michael Jackson and Pepsi. <laughs> that yeah, that could have happened. It absolutely could have. Definitely could have. But but I would say that match. I mean, we talked about it already, but like I thought it played to Luger's strengths. It played to Mr. Perfect's strengths. I thought it was a nice little blend. Not just because Lex Luger. If I have a top ten of list of all time greats, <laughs> Luger is my number ten. I can never drop him because I love him so much. But, you know, I thought I thought uh, I thought it was pretty good. So the dark match uh, was Tito Santana beating Papa Shango. So there there's your <laughs> the, they, I wonder if WWE would ever come out with like a video of like, here's all the dark matches from WrestleMania that you never got to see. What was the yeah. um, was there was there there wasn't a dark match on the first WrestleMania, was there? Because it was uh it was execution. Yeah, it was Buddy Rose and Tito. I think that was the yeah. first first match. But I, I always remember like going back and like reading through results and going like, oh wow, there was like a dark like why is you know why was Paul Roma in this match before the pay per view even started? Yeah, I remember seeing Paul Roma 
and Steve Lombardi before WrestleMania six. Like I remember like getting the uh, PWI magazine and you know, they had the big spread, you know, color spread of WrestleMania six. And I remember seeing like a little clip of, I think it's like, I think it's like, I can't remember this. It's like Paul Roma doing a second rope, like reverse cross body. I just remember like, Oh, that was on the show. Like, like, you know, like you just took everything in and it's so excited about everything as a kid when you're watching this stuff. So, but I remember that. Yeah, it'd be cool. Like, the hidden gems would be perfect, right? The dark, the dark match. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. I would, I, I would love to see that. So, uh, we, you had asked a question about what, what we were talking about it about Hogan's eye, how the black eye, and uh, according to Dave, he thinks it may have just been the original thought which was some boating accident or whatever but he said it was definitely not savage punching hogan out for sure he said that definitely didn't happen there it is all right man so we got you know we 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 shaved an hour off this bad boy from last week yeah now now we gotta get the we gotta meet hogan we gotta get the the dirty on this black guy who you think he's gonna tell us the real story well, he's not gonna say he was on coke and was riding the boat, too long, <laughs> but like, well, yeah, you know, I think I think sometimes the the Hulk Hogan exaggerated over the top stories are sometimes more entertaining than the truth. I know <laughs> for sure. To... That's why. That's why he says them. Well, um, brother Andre was there. Right? It was '93. Andre <laughs> just died. He wasn't there. So uh, on on one of the message board groups that because you, you just brought up Andre. Uh, one of the Facebook groups, someone had asked me, he was like, oh, cause it was about the undertaker. And I was like, I was like, I didn't, I think the undertaker streak was a farce. I think a uh, giant Gonzalez really beat him at WrestleMania nine. Like you can't, you can't like take that beating and call that a victory. And he goes, he goes, Hey, so do you think if Andre didn't retire that he and giant Gonzalez could have had a program? And I was like, Andre died like two months before Russell, before Jay Gonzalez made his debut, so I don't think that would have happened. He's like, "Oh, my bad," but like, like you know, the, well, the whole to say he's not, he doesn't die. You can't. There's no way with his knee injury. No, no, no. He was so yeah. He was so beat up, yeah. and and you know, Jay Gonzalez moved like he was beat up. So he was, man. You see him climb back in that ring at WrestleMania nine. I was like, wow, he's really. I mean, you know, he had bad knees from. Years of basketball, and of course, being heavy, so tall, as he would. Heavy. Yeah, yeah, tall and heavy. Like you, like a lot of guys are tall, but when you add that weight, that's when their limbs start to start to get really, really beat up. All right, so the next time you hear us, we will be in New York for WrestleMania 35 weekend. We are not going to WrestleMania, but we are going to a bunch of other shows. We are going to try our best to get a show done. I think it'll be cool to, you know, just kind of give people the scope of the scene and and how, you know, how it feels, what 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 the feeling is like in the area and, and all that. Um, but if something happens and we can't do it for whatever reason, I'll, I'll reach out on Twitter and let people know. Not like people are waiting on pins and needles, but I think, you know, those who aren't going to be at WrestleMania, um, it would be cool to, you know, to, to do... The, uh, to hear from folks who are at WrestleMania weekend. So we will try our best. Um, and yeah, so so for John, I am Double G, and we will see you when we see you. Peace out.